Welcome to the Grab Life podcast. Grab Life is all about honest chats that spark meaningful and important conversations. It's also to highlight that taking positive action towards a brighter and more vibrant future for ourselves and society is essential for progress. Life is too short to not continue to up-level and to grab it fully, and that's what this podcast is all about. Inspiring action and progress through honest conversations to invite in more joy, vibrancy, and love. I'm Avery Underwood, and I am your host. I'm a self-love coach helping big-hearted women embody more joy through self-love and aligned living. And today on the Grab Life podcast, I talk with Magdalena Jensen, who is a transformation life coach as well as a creative director within the music industry. The main focus of our conversation is around the importance of autonomy and compassionate communication in today's world, especially on social media, but we also talk about her own personal journey of starting her business, how the motto, sleep when you're dead and fake it till you make it, cost her total burnout and how her lack of self-care caused her to lash out at her loved ones and generally be negative and bad vibes. And this is literally why I created my eight-week group program self-care isn't selfish, that I'm rerunning on Wednesday the 7th of July, which I'll talk more about at the end of the episode, so make sure to stick around. We also talk about her digital nomading in Central America, which is so cool, and how the polarization of society is driving us further away from progress, which is being fueled by social media. So, so many juicy topics, basically, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get instant notifications of episode releases. And with that, I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so today on the Grab Life podcast, we have Magdalena Jensen, who is a transformational life coach and creative director in the music industry. Welcome, Magdalena. Hi, Avery. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. I'm so, so, so excited. We've got loads to cover today, but... The way that we like to kick things off around here is doing a little quick fire round of questions called grab and go. So I'm going to list two things and whatever comes to your mind first to grab and go. Still or sparkling? Sparkling. Summer or winter clothes? Definitely summer. Cat or dog? Dog for sure. Easy. Doc Martens or trainers? Ooh, that's a tricky one, uh, and it depends on the circumstance, but I think trainers are more versatile. Okay. Marmite or peanut butter? Marmite. Pizza? No. Or... Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Definitely peanut butter. Okay. I like them both together. Have you tried them together before? That sounds like a challenge for your taste buds. That's okay. <laughs> I like it. Pizza or pasta? Definitely pizza. Tea or coffee? coffee for sure. I have a cup right next to me. Yes. Book or podcast? Oh, uh, that's tricky. I think I'm much more into reading and books. Yeah, books for sure. Okay, cool. And finally, guacamole or salsa? Guacamole, easy, hands down, always. You're in the <laughs> land of both, though, at the moment. I am. I'm you lucky thing. Salsa here is like crazy though. I mean, there's so many different kinds of salsa. It's like insane. Salsa just means sauce, right? In Spanish? Pretty much. Yeah. And they just give you all sorts of sauces, usually a whole festival of sauces when you order food. A whole festival of sauces. I love that. So you are in Central America digital nomading at the moment and I'm so jealous. How is it? (laughs) How did you get over there? Tell us about it all. So it comes down to the topic of this conversation overall, the arch topic, let's say, around autonomy and freedom. Um, so basically when the, the United Kingdom, announced, when Boris Johnson announced another lockdown on like the 4th of January, I 2021, which was nearly a year into a pandemic, and I do not believe that lockdowns are the solution, I was like, <laughs> no, hell no. F no, in fact, we're out. I'm not a British citizen. I don't agree with the politics of this government. I, the only thing I can do is leave. I have no other influence over it. Um, and so it was like crazy. I also have some, I, I guess I physically don't handle that kind of oppression very well. I get really, really upset. I can feel it in my throat like I'm choking. I mean, it's horrible. I've spoken with my therapist about that even. And there's some kind of potentially generational trauma from family history. 
Uh, I have a Polish family, lots of World War II locking up in camps, etc. So perhaps mm. something there, I'm not sure. But exactly, right? And like my, that was what my therapist suggested, maybe something around that. That's interesting. But um, yeah, so I, I had a really hard time in the first lockdown, but I found a bunch of sort of wellness techniques to hold on to. The second lockdown in the fall was supposed to be a shorty, and it was not really a lockdown. It was sort of like whatever tears they had us in. I could still swim basically outdoors at the pool. And that was like a lifeline for me. But then on January 4th, they're like, nope, we're closing everything, including an outdoor pool, which to me has zero logic um, whatsoever, considering that you're literally sanitizing your body through swimming in chlorine. I mean, it's just nothing about that made any sense to me. (laughs) So I was like, all right, I'm out, like truly out. Um, And it was very clear for me that my priority is my freedom at this moment in time. Um, And I have a a partner, he and I are in a really solid, great partnership. um, And we really love each other. And we've been together for over three years. But at that moment in time, uh, he he was was afraid. He was still in the fear paradigm because uh, he was afraid to go against... No, not afraid of coronavirus at all. He's never been afraid of coronavirus. And he's on the same page with me when it comes to believing that the measures that the that all of this is all blown away out of proportion and that this is a gigantic shit show that has ulterior motives rather than actually our health as a priority. Um, and so but he is less of a risk taker than I and he um was not as willing to go against the government guidelines of not leaving the country immediately. It took a few days and a lot of arguing between us. And I made the decision that I'm going to leave regardless. I don't care. I'm out. Um, This is not my country and I don't agree with this and I'm leaving. Um, And that same day when the lockdown was announced and when I had this massive freak out by some, I just reached out to a friend who I knew was in Mexico. And I said to her, I was like, oh my God, Like, this is happening again. Get me out of here. And she's like, get on a plane and come to Mexico. But also, guess what? A friend of ours is starting a digital nomad community in Belize. Maybe that's a place you want to go. And that was, it was just like amazing coincidence. This particular friend, a guy called Will, I've been at multiple launch events that he's done, including a huge chateau in France for like a gigantic kind of creative space. Um, And so I just knew that going to Belize would be the thing, right? He always does cool things. um, And so I got in touch with him, found out the details about the fact that he's launching this digital nomad community in Belize on a resort on the Caribbean Sea. And I was like, perfect. I'm coming. Next plane. (laughs) Um, Justin wasn't as keen, but at some point I got him. It took a couple days and then he was 100% on board. Um, It took literally me giving up the idea and not holding on to it as tightly and surrendering the idea in general for him to shift his stance. Um, And it just was kind of like me proving to my ego mind once again that surrender and letting go actually is the key to getting what you want. (laughs) Yes, I love that. It was literally like we were out on a, I was out on a walk with a friend and like crying and complaining about how this is stressing me out so much. And then I admitted to her, I was like, look, if I don't go, I'll be fine. I'll figure out something. It was literally that energetic shift. The moment I walked in the door from that walk, he said, okay, let's go to Belize. Yes. I love that. And I love the synchronicity of your friend also just being like, Hey, like the universal breadcrumb being like, come over. Oh God. Yes, Absolutely. Um, It was such perfect timing. And how have you found it since you've been over there? Well, so we did five weeks in Belize, which was amazing and complicated and challenging. We were the founders, uh, founding members of this digital nomad community. Um, And that's taking place on a resort. It's called Umaya Village. It's taking place on a resort um, that was opening up again after a year of being closed. So there were a lot of rocky things. I can't lie about that, truly. Like power outages, the handle falling off the toilet randomly, like just random things that were, and internet outages that were not supposed to be happening, considering that this is built as a digital nomad community. There were rough moments. However, um, overall, it was one of the most incredible things ever. It was like a miniature sociological experiment and psychological experiment of what it's like to take people out of lockdown and put them suddenly throw them into community. Right. Because there were 30 of us from around the world coming from various degrees of lockdown to Belize. 
um, to this resort. And it was wild. Like the, the, the kind of emotions that were coming up for everybody, the anxieties, the social anxieties, the stresses, the weird fears around like hugging or not, even though we were all like negative tested, et cetera, to get into the country and, and, and such and had done many quarantines when we first got there to make sure we didn't pick anything up while we were traveling. Like there was, there was this, it was just a weird and interesting moment. Right. Um, and being in community with people after a year of just being literally in an apartment with Justin. So it was, it was awesome. (laughs) Um, so we spent five weeks there where we were living as digital nomads working, starting our day at like 5 a.m. when the sun comes up because you're on the sea and it's just in your face. Um, And so you go out for your little paddleboard, do your meditation, take a yoga class with everybody in the morning, start your work, like have a lunch break by the pool. I mean, I can't, it was amazing. (laughs) We did a bunch of traveling around Belize, rented a car a few times because we just didn't have some dental issues. So that was a somehow a silver lining in that whole dental problem was that we could see a lot of the country. (laughs) Um, And then we decided we're not going back to the United Kingdom. We're not going back. I I personally said I will not go back to lockdown. Um, So we're not going back um, until some restrictions have been lifted. So then we were like, okay, where's our next destination? And we had a couple of friends, literally two of them, living in Mexico City and so we were like, oh, Mexico City is even cheaper than Belize. Let's go there. Um, so we came here to Mexico City. And within days, like three days, we had a whole friend group. It was like the two people we knew here had already met a couple of other people. They started, we all started a WhatsApp group called Mexpats. And there's like 30 of us that have been just hanging out in Mexico City. We took a couple of weeks to go to the beach as well. We've done a bunch of dental stuff down here because they have great dental care for really affordable prices. I mean, we've just been working. Internet connection's even better than in Belize. So it's been fantastic um, and, and inspirational in a huge way. So because I'm a creative director, besides being a life coach, um, I need inspiration. <laughs> I'm, I was like really losing it um, in London, looking at the same like muddy park and four walls, right? Um, how are you supposed to come up with cool ideas for artist campaigns and stuff? It was like really impossible. It's just not a way for us to live, is it? No, it's just not humane. It's literally, it's jail. I mean, people in jail maybe even have better, in certain countries maybe even have better circumstances. So, um, no, I mean, it was... No, not a way to treat humans that have done nothing wrong. Um, And yeah, being here has been incredible. The city is pretty open. There are, like I said, tons of people, young people, um, uh, creative people, tech people, music industry people from all over the world that are living here. A lot of like-minded, like-hearted people, um, which is the community that we've been craving, I think. For a long time yeah that's awesome well it sounds like you've really found your feet and oh, that it's exactly what you needed and yeah I'm really happy for you guys in that respect Thank you. so you're a transformational life coach as well as a creative director in the music industry tell us about your adventure to both of these paths where what they are and how they thrive synchronistically for you if they do at all Yes, good question. They do work very well in tandem. So I can say that that's a thing. Um, I feel like I'm able to really realize myself um, in more in many more ways, more fulfilling ways than previously. So I, um, I am a, sort of a polymath. I'm quite good at a lot of things and I like a lot of things. Um, I always have been that way. I've always been interested in loads of different topics and... Um, I've never had a linear career. That's just not who I am. Um, And I, as you can hear, I'm American. I was born in the United States, but I moved to Poland when I was 18 because I was kind of, I I don't know, bored, looking for a new life challenge, loved Poland, um, and ended up spending 12 or 13 years of my adult life there. 
um, with some time in the U.S. to do my degree and some time living in Paris, oh, sorry, in France to um, perfect my French a bit. But um, it was, yeah, just that, that kind of, I, I tend to do that. I tend to spontaneously jump off and do something. So I made this sort of spontaneous decision to move to Poland. And that took me in a completely different direction than I had planned. I went to this college prep school. I was set to go to a great university, etc. And then I just went off to Poland. Um, and I started my career, my working life as after college as a radio journalist because I had done European studies and international relations. And I was doing a master's at the time in international studies and also doing a um, course. Well, then I quit that because I was not and ended up not pursuing that further in my career. And I could see that this radio work was going somewhere and ended up falling into kind of the cultural industry in, in Poland. Um, and so I was working in media and um, with some events and cultural things. And then I started to tour manage a band, a friend's band. Um, and at the same time as I was doing all of those things, I was also doing a course in um, nonviolent communication, NVC, compassionate communication. And I ended up actually getting a certification as a NBC conflict mediator. Um, so I have this, I've always had this sort of background of self-development and liking to work on myself and dive into things. So we can keep that kind of piece of information on one side. Um, and then at the same time, I was building a career in the music industry that I'd truly fallen into by becoming accidentally a tour manager of a friend's band. Um, and as I built that music industry career, I went farther and farther away from self-development, from my spiritual practices, from, um, let's say, a, a holistic and more balanced lifestyle. And I fell really hard into the hustle and grind of the music industry. And about six years ago, I started my own management and consulting company with my partner, uh, business partner. Um, and that was, I was 29 at the time when I decided, oh, damn, by 30, I'd wanted to start my, comp my own company. So I did. Um, but that, I was deep in like this kind of myth that you, in order to be an entrepreneur, you need to hustle. Um, and that's the kind of way, right? And the, this hustle and grind culture is the way in the music industry. Like being busy is like a badge of honor. Like sleep when you're dead kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Sleep when you're dead. That literally was my motto for many years. <laughs> Me too. Another motto of mine for many years was fake it till you make it, right? So you're constantly pushing, pushing, pushing until you finally get there. Or like you're constantly, constantly like pretending or making it all seem like it's really great until you until it actually is. Well, that's all. All of that is bullshit. <laughs> like these these two mottos, sleep when you're dead and fake it till you make it, landed me in the hospital when I was supposed to be watching my boyfriend give one of the most important speeches of his life as, as like an opening keynote speech at a big conference in Barcelona. Um, and instead of supporting him, he was putting me in the hospital and rushing off to give his talk. Um, and my body had just really broken down um, because I pushed myself too hard. I was traveling all the time. I was living between Warsaw and London. Um, I was traveling with artists. Um, I was traveling to conferences as a speaker. And it was just, it was just too much traveling for clients. I mean, it was insane. I had like one time where I was at, I was speaking and with a client at one conference in Hamburg, uh, like from Thursday to Saturday, Sunday, I flew back to London Monday at like 4am. I took a flight to Riga, came back at 2am from Riga to, that was 2am Tuesday morning to like get up a couple of hours later and get on another flight to go somewhere. Oh I mean, God. it was like an insane schedule um, and unsustainable. Um, so I physically burned out um, about two and a half years ago, almost three, actually. What did it feel like when you were like about to be hospitalized? Like what was it just like super drained or did you? I got really ill repeatedly and didn't treat my body. I kept getting UTIs, urinary tract infections. And instead of listening to my body telling me to pause, slow down, take care of myself, I would just take round after round of antibiotic. 
and really wore my immune system down. I think I had taken two or three rounds of it. And then we went on vacation to Spain before this big conference. And then, I, so then my body had a chance to relax, but all of the adrenaline left it. And I flared up into a huge kidney infection, basically, because I hadn't treated any of what was going on um, properly. Um, and so I got a huge kidney infection, was hospitalized for four days. Um, it was horrible. Um, and then the recovery, the physical recovery from a kidney infection of that magnitude takes several months. Um, and by that was, I think that happened to me at the end of May. By September, I was back to my normal schedule, which is like totally back to the exact same grind as before. I hadn't learned any lessons. Um, and I was unhappy then for like two years. Physically, I was maybe in a little bit better shape. Like I got a trainer, I was working out, I was trying to like take care of my body, but mentally I was incredibly unhappy. I was not doing well and I was making everyone around me miserable. Um, it was really tough, like year and a half after that, truly year and a half, two years. Um, lots of fighting with my boyfriend. Um, I'm super grateful he's patient with me um, and has not given up entirely. Um, tons of fighting with my business partner. Um, me just bringing bad energy to the table all the time and tons of negativity and taking it out on both of them, including taking it out on my family and my sisters and my parents. I mean, it just sucked for everybody around me. And then last year when the pandemic hit in March and I was literally grounded and I couldn't do all this travel, I was suddenly confronted with all of this. <laughs> like I had to physically slow down all of a sudden, right? Um, which I hadn't done for a long time. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to reevaluate my priorities, basically. Um, and uh, so I had a, yeah, what, where, where are we? So we are in March last year. I, in April, I think you have this in one of your questions, but in April I signed up for Jen and Sarah's Money and Manifesting course. And that was a really big turning point for me in terms of bringing some kind of spirituality um, and mental mind game mindset practice back into my life. It felt like coming home again, to be honest. We can get into that more in a second. But so then throughout the course of last year, I was working on myself. At the same time, I was also pushing my business partner away and it was tricky between us. She decided, she made a decision for herself that kind of forced my hand to make a career decision for myself. Um, and so I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> what do I do? Like, I don't, I don't actually like this life anymore. I don't, I, I don't like, I don't love the music industry anymore. Like, I've been really disappointed in this industry. I've been driven to mental, physical breakdowns. Like, this is horrible and unhealthy. I can't do this. I don't want to manage artists anymore. I can't do this. Um, and so I decided to make some drastic lifestyle changes. I no longer manage any artists. I'm the creative director on several artists' teams, as well as within my own record label that I co-own with several other people. Um, and that's a dream because I can realize myself creatively as a creative director. It's wonderful. It's super fun. And I get, and then I made the decision to take a life coaching course, a transformational life coaching course with this school called Animus based in London. And that was the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> Amazing. So they work, essentially the life coaching thing is like kind of new, but you're a multifaceted entrepreneur, essentially. Yes. Yes. The, the coaching thing is new. I'm building that side of my business um, while I'm building my brand. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically that was a career that was staring me in the face because uh, I had, I have been trained as a, to train and facilitate groups and I've done a lot of educational work and I, within the music industry, I'm recognized as someone who does a lot of professional development and, um, educational work. I run a mentorship programs, etc. European wide mentorship programs and such. Um, and I do lecturing and I do work um, and workshops and such. So it was quite a natural step for me to shift into coaching. Um, 
And that's been a fantastic journey. So fun. Awesome. Well, it's really exciting to see like where you're going to go with that. So we bonded on Instagram over the subject of autonomy, which I know is, and I remember you messaging me being like, autonomy is my favorite subject to talk about. So let's talk around that a bit. How do you think we can remain free and autonomous in today's world? I think that is a very, very complicated question because everything is working against us in that right now, especially at this moment in time. Um, literally media, governments, private institutions, corporations, they're all working against us wanting to maintain autonomy. But I think that the most important uh, thing that you can do is maintain autonomy in your mind. To be clear on what is, what, who are you? What are your values? What do you stand for? And stick to your guns and, all, and walk that talk. Don't just talk about the fact that I, 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 you know, freedom is a high priority for me. Well, yeah, okay, so put your money where your mouth is and let's see you live a free life. Um, and that's, I think, incredibly important. Um, and so just using your brain, doing research for yourself and not just buying what is sold to you uh, in the first go and making those choices consistently. So essentially it's about showing up authentically in the world and critically thinking, like being able to absorb information and question it and be curious about it and not just take it for face value, which I think 100%. so many people do. Yeah, exactly. Like so many people just kind of regurgitate headlines and it's like, but do you even actually know what you're talking about? It's like, did you even read the article? That's step number one. Step number two, did you then make sure that the article itself was unbiased and is not an opinion editorial, but is actually stating two sides of the whatever issue it is and show, and giving credible sources? Because guess what? Most news doesn't do that anymore. Almost all news is just opinion editorial. It's like shocking. I'm trained in journalism and it's mind blowing when you go on the BBC, The Guardian, CNN and watch and read and listen to them. It's like you're just spouting opinion. None of these are facts and there are no opposing opinions to even counteract your opinion. It's mind blowing. People just buy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that like we've been brought up in a society where, I don't know, where like news sources are kind of seen as reliable, I don't know, outlets or whatever. So people just kind of take it for face value without actually being like, hang on a second, like think about who owns these news outlets. Think about their agenda. Like what is, yep. what's really going on? And that's not even like conspiracy. That's just the way it is. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I think like that word conspiracy theory. Oh my God. Why don't you like it? Well, because literally anyone that questions one narrative is considered a spirit conspiracy theorist. And it's like, actually, guess what? I'm a critical thinker. I use my brain. <laughs> I don't just, it, it ugh, drives me nuts. Um, people probably think I'm a gigantic conspiracy theorist all the time. And it's like, you know, I'm really not. I just know how to research and ask questions. And I like asking questions. Yeah. Curiosity helps to expand the mind for sure. One thing that I think that the video that we that like we ended up bonding over on social media was when I was talking about autonomy in the realm of social media yes, and how yes, yeah and how um you know everybody is kind of feeling like everybody should fit the mold like people follow people on Instagram and that everybody should fit the mold of like trigger warnings for every single person or I don't know, think about every single group of people when in actual fact, like in conversation in real life, you wouldn't be like, oh, and actually like, let me just edit what I'm going to say for like every single thousandth group on the planet. Yeah, I think what you've just alluded to is the fact that we're all stuck behind our screens. We're mm. all stuck so far behind our screens. Um, and it is, this is part of this globalist, global technological agenda to keep us stuck behind our screens. We've traded convenience for freedom. Um, and while I am, I absolutely subscribe to John Locke's basic concept of 
um, democracy, which is that you must give up some of your freedoms in order to live within society. And, you know, you do give up something to get, but you get something in return from the state, let's say, or from the community, right? I do believe in that as a base on a ba- as, on a basic level, but we've gone way too far, way too far. People have forgotten what it's like to live without your screen, to live in real life, to talk to humans, to interact. And this is not just a pandemic thing. This started far before the pandemic with the rise of social media and the algorithms that control social media and control what kinds of information is put in front of you. It is a huge, huge, huge mistake that social media companies did to think, to, to strip us down to such a basic kind of a, B, one, two kind of paradigm or one, zero paradigm of, you know, people want more of what they like. Yeah, we want more of what we like, but that's not what's good for us. That's not what keeps us a healthy, wholesome, diverse, checked society, right? That's not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, no. And in order for society to progress, we need to be able to listen to all sides and somehow cohesively progress together because that's the issue that we're having nowadays is that we're so polarized because of like you say the algorithm and being stuck behind the screens that you know we're so quick to just be like no I'm not gonna listen to you you're wrong and therefore it's just further alienating each other and we're just getting more and more angry at the other side and it's just it's just really not good it's a hugely dangerous downward spiral to, well, we're already seeing what's happening. Huge amounts of violence in the United States. I think we can only expect more. Um, deeply marginalized swaths of society, even though they might even be in the actual majority. Like the quote-unquote privileged white male. Jesus, I feel so bad for them. I know I, maybe I shouldn't say that. or that's not. No, it's not that I shouldn't say that. I can say whatever I want. But I'm aware that that's not a popular opinion. But I feel fucking bad for the white man these days. They can't do anything. They're the root cause of all problems, right? That's what social media would have you believe. Um, And it sucks. Like, (laughs) I hate the whole BLM movement. Of course, Black Lives Matter. But, like, why do we constantly need to highlight our differences? Why can't we be focused, like, constantly all the time? It's ch- and also the virtue signaling that comes with all of these movements. It's just, ugh. And the cancel culture, the virtue signaling, all of it, it's just so toxic. It's not real. It's not how humans behave. Yeah, for sure. All I keep thinking about, interestingly, is that I can imagine like people listening to this and <laughs> like doing exactly what we're talking about, being like, you know, she's wrong. Like, how can she think oh, that sure. way? Like, blah, blah, blah. But essentially, like, what this conversation is trying to do is it's a conversation. Like we're having a conversation, like you feel a certain way and you know, we're opening up the platform to be able to hear different varying opinions about things. And this is what we need to learn to do is open up the lines of communication and be able to actually listen, listen, not sit there and go like, I don't know, stomp your feet and be like, no, like you're wrong. Like, no, but actually listen to somebody else and take it in. doesn't mean that you have to agree we don't have to agree with one another, but it's important that we're listening to each other. Yeah, we've been somehow mollycoddled into thinking that we all have to agree in order to be able to get along. Um, and we don't. We can choose to disagree. And in fact, disagreements can bear huge innovation um, and really ultimately create a better world. So it's really... Um, essential that we make space for it. But even before that, and this comes back to the concept of autonomy, even before that, in order to be able to be truly free and autonomous, you have to be clear as to who you are. You need to know who you are, what you're about, what your base values are, um, because then you're not swayed so easily. Then you're not pushed off your pedestal every time someone challenges your points of view. It's okay because you know what your base values are. And in fact, once you know what your base values are, one of those values might be curiosity, which might actually make space for you to then listen to people because that's a priority value for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that so many people have gotten so far away from actually who they are. We're so deeply distracted by all of this shit around us. 
um, that we're supposed to be like totally caring for and preoccupied by. But it's like, actually, we need to come back way back to the basics, way, way back to the basics. Yeah, totally. I agree. And just going on the topic of like cancel culture, etc. Why do you think that why do we need to cancel cancel culture and bring in more empathy and compassionate communication? Why is that so important? And where do you think that we've gone wrong in recent years? I know that we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but if you have any add on points. Oh God, this is the biggest topic ever. Why do we need to cancel cancel culture? <laughs> because it's just a disgusting concept that someone is invalid because of something that they might've said or did or say, say or do now or said or did in the past. Like that is, that implies a fixed mindset that we are always how we are. Whereas I don't subscribe to that method, that concept whatsoever. I believe that people are able to have a growth mindset and we're, and, and not only that, that also corresponds to like quantum physics and how things move. Things are always moving and expanding and moving forward. Um, and it is, yeah, just shutting that, shutting things down and canceling is not how things move forward. It just, it's like you shove it all into this Pandora's box that when it does, when it will explode open, which it will, it's going to have disastrous consequences. I mean, you can see, you can see already, like I referred to the privileged white guy. Well, male suicide rates are higher record high right now. These are serious problems. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think like, it's really important what you're saying about the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset, because we can all grow and, you know, evolve. And that's what, you know, me and you do for work. We coach, like, that's the whole point. Like, And we have done it ourselves in our own personal development journey. And I feel like... I would argue are always doing it too, by the way. (laughs) I'm sure you would say the same. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Always doing it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, But when we cancel people like on or offline, like usually it's online, isn't it? On social media. If we cancel people, sometimes the reason that people have been canceled is a sensationalized message of something that's happened or like a skewed message of like the truth. And then whoever it is has been canceled for whatever reason. And then it's like, I mean, that's like, it's, it's actually awful when you think about like the shame and just people are so quick to jump on their like keyboard warrior high horse. Absolutely. Not to mention also, if you start to examine your values and what you really stand for, a lot of those things, someone who, you might not agree with on a ton of topics. Guess what? They stand for probably similar values, right? Like values are quite like this base, ultimate kind of foundational thing, right? So if, um, like, for example, there were these two men that we met in Puerto Escondido um, last week who very clearly we all share the same value of freedom and autonomy. That's why we were there to get away from the kind of, system that's going on right now um let's or the system that's being put in place right now um and uh yet i don't agree with these men on so many issues we were arguing about loads of things they voted for trump for christ's sake there's no way i could have done that i did not vote for biden there's no way i could have done that either that's a different agenda that i find similarly atrocious but um i Ultimately, we share this value of uh, autonomy and freedom, and therefore we're able to connect. We're able to compassionately see each other as another human because we share something, right? Um, and that is so important. This comes back to training, the training that I referred to earlier at the beginning of the podcast around nonviolent communication, otherwise known as compassionate communication, which basically posits that everybody has the same basic needs. Um, and poor behavior, bad behavior, lashing out, triggering, whatever, all of that is rather, all of that is a symptom of an unmet need, right? 
Um, and so, but everybody has the same kind of basic set of needs. So if you can get to that core of what that is, what is it about? What is someone freaking out about? What are, what is, what, is, what is the reason behind why they're saying the things that they're saying or they're behaving the way they're saying because their need for being seen isn't being met, for example. Well, if you're able to, if they, if you're able to see them for just a second and give that gift to them, you can radically change the energy and radically hold someone in compassion in an energetic way. And it's, it's an awesome thing. And we just need more of that. So much more of that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of about like seeing the common humanity in everyone, no matter how much you don't agree with the actions they've taken in their life. My manifestation coach, not, um, not Sarah, but another, another lady, she loves every single person on the planet, regardless of like what atrocities they have done. Like even people in jail who have committed murder, whatever, because she can see and understand, you know, the trauma that went into that action. It doesn't mean that she will ever agree with what they've done. It doesn't mean that she will, ever, but she won't sit there and hold that negative emotion for somebody because she recognizes the fact, the common humanity between us all. And I thought that that was, um, it's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, it really is. And that's it perfectly nails how, what kind of horror I felt when I was watching the uh, verdict come through on the Derek Chauvin trial last week. Um, I was, I'm, I was genuinely horrified to see how many people were actually glad and gleeful to see a man found guilty. I'm sorry, but whatever whatever this poor this person has done regardless of that it is anti-christian and it is immoral to be happy when someone is found guilty that is a, that is such a negative terrible place to be as a person because you're wishing you're wishing vengeance and that's horrendous um i'm not a particularly like religious person but i do believe that certain christian values and generally christian kind of morals are how most of our societies are founded, you can, at least in Western Europe and in the United States. And there's a huge cognitive dissonance right now because we are deeply rooted in Christian values. And yet we are pushing and pushing and pushing so far away from all of those concepts towards some warped forms of, I don't know what, justice. <laughs> and it's really dangerous. It's weird. It's a weird cognitive dissonance. I really think people are so deeply out of alignment right now. It's really about listening. It's really about listening. And also what your coach said, choosing love. You make a choice to choose love. And it's it's that choice. It's not a difficult one. Yeah, totally. So now that we're on the subject of love, um, I loved that you brought up how being happy and joyful is a revolutionary act because it's a direction that I'm pointing my coaching business towards as the embodiment of self-love literally brings more happiness and joy into your life. And that is the ultimate goal. You know, enjoyment is actually my top value in life. But yeah, so let's talk about your experience with happiness and joy and why this is important to you. Ooh, um, first of all, happiness and joy are really high vibrating emotions. And so they keep you vibrating high and they keep you your energy and your energetic frequencies of all of your cells at this high vibrating positive place where you can attract everything and anything you attract anything and everything like-minded anything that you want in a similar vibrational frequency right um so that's the like main reason to stay happy and joyful and i think happy maybe isn't the right word because happiness posits that there's that it's kind of pithy, right? It's a bit vapid. There's not space for all the other emotions if you're focused on happy. Um, but if you're focused on joy, um, that is something, even when I close my eyes and I think about the word joy, for me, it's like an explosion of bright light. It's so expansive. It's it's so positive. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's also something you have to cultivate and choose. You have to choose joy um over other things it's important to make that choice and the world right now is not encouraging that everything on um, the media narratives government narratives social media platforms are all about fear uh and control and shoulds you should 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 and also you don't know better 
you don't know well, we're going to tell you what to do. And all of that is garbage. We need to take back our autonomy over our physical health, over our physical beings, and we need to take back autonomy over our minds and our mindset and choose joy. This yes. is so essential. Otherwise, we will keep vibrating into this negative downward spiral, and that is, that is going fucking nowhere for humanity. Nowhere. We need to choose the expansive emotions of joy on a regular basis. Yes, here, here. And the thing is, <laughs> is that when we are choosing to find joy in every day, and we are choosing that higher vibration, what we're actually doing by increasing our vibes to that is you will attract more of that into your life. However, when you continue to sit in a negative mindset and you're like, oh, well, I can't change, like whatever, and you're like feeling those negative emotions always, like that is what you're going to be attracting into your yep. life. Like, that's just the way it works. Law of attraction, like attracts like. Yep, 100%. And like... So by the time that this goes out, uh, it will no longer be May anymore, but I'm doing, I don't know if you saw my social media, but I'm doing 31 days of joy in May as a free challenge. Yes, and essentially it. it's just like write down one thing that brought you joy that day before you go to bed on your journal or like whatever it is. And essentially like what it's supposed to do is the priming effect. The more you look out for something, the more you see it. And I think people have this misconception of joy as like, like what you were saying about the bright light and the expansiveness. Like, yes, that is joy, that total elation. However, joy can also be like deep gratitude and contentment. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be this like, all consuming like yes although that's amazing i think that we can find so much joy in that in the contentment of life like i i feel like contentment over happiness is really yes the goal you know i'm so happy you said that because i was going to bring that up when i saw the questions that you put forward i wanted to make sure to say that too that is a very taoist or buddhist approach um an eastern philosophy kind of right like contentment is the goal presence and contentment in the presence is the goal. The joy are the feelings that come on top of that, right? Happiness, that's why That's why I said earlier what I said about joy versus happiness. Um, yeah. Also, what you said about gratitude. Also, I'm so happy you brought up gratitude. I feel like gratitude is the root to joy. Once mm. you start practicing gratitude on the regular, you can't help but have moments of joy yeah. because you're, you're, you're grateful for your health. You're grateful for the sun shining, small, small things you're grateful for. And, and they bring you, those things bring you joy. It immediately raises your vibrations. Totally. I feel like gratitude is the embodiment of joy in the present moment. Ooh, I like that. And that just came to me, but it's true though, because like when you, when you actually feel grateful, like really feel grateful and you're in that present moment and you feel, and you actually sit with it, like that feeling that comes up for me feels like joy. Yeah, totally. Me too. Same. It's like one of immense happiness and happiness isn't the right thing, but you know what I mean? Joy. And I often cry. I cry out of gratitude yeah. and happiness. It's just the way that my body manifests the emotion and it's. My boyfriend is like, oh, my God, why are you crying again? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's The other day I cried over chocolate. I was like, Luke, I just love it so much. And he was like, Avery, don't cry over that. And I was like, why? It's just so delicious. I just love it. Get it together. <laughs> I love crying. I um, it's such an awesome thing. You get to clear all the cortisol out of your brain. See clearly. Yeah, it's, it's great. So good. Um, I think that this leads quite nicely into the talk on spirituality, which you talked a little bit about how, you know, in, in investing in money and manifesting was kind of like your, uh, what's it called? Entry ticket into spirituality. Is that fair to say? It wasn't my entry ticket, actually. It was my re-entry ticket, let's <laughs> okay. say. Yeah. I, I, so I grew up in a Catholic household on the West Coast of the United States in a, with a dad that went to UC Berkeley in the 60s and 70s. And um, we were solidly living in this hippy dippy town in Southern Oregon, Ashland, Oregon, where we, it was, we, we had, and my parents as well are anthroposophists. Um, so there it's, it is a 
Rudolf Steiner-based spiritual philosophy, deeply rooted in Christianity, but also up into, it's very fascinating, actually. I think you'd probably find it fascinating. Lots of things around the cosmos. Um, so biodynamic farming, it's the, let's say, farming branch of anthroposophy, right? Um, okay. So uh, long story short, I grew up with a lot of woo-woo spiritual shit around me all the time. I saw bioenergy healers from a very early age. Um, I've done meditation and yoga since I was 15, 16 years old. Um, had practiced and had allopathic health remedies and, and taken care of my health in allopathic ways since I was a baby, all these things, right? So I've always been, my mom firmly believes in elemental beings um, and such. Elemental beings being like elves and such. So I've got a lot of the, the crazy woo-woo shit all, all around me. Um, and um, yet I went very, very far away from it. I went very far away from listening to my intuition, listening to myself, listening to my spiritual guides or whoever is out there, whatever source energy there is out there. I went very far away from all of that using my oils, my crystals, etc tarot um for most of my 20s and early 30s i went deep into my masculine energy i was all about ambition achieving doing cynicism questioning etc um and taking the money and manifesting course last year and particularly meeting jen mcfarlane was a huge uh reversion to all of that for me it was like wait a second whoa this is what i forgot about this is the stuff that I totally forgot. This is why my life is so out of balance and why I'm unhappy. I don't have my, my, my things to keep me grounded. I don't have any trust in the universe anymore. Um, and so I found all of that again. And it was amazing. Last year was so amazing from this perspective of kind of unveiling and rediscovering all of these things. I've started playing around with the tarot. I'm actively using crystals in my life. Um, I, I meditate and I ask the universe for things. I ask my spiritual guides, whoever they may be, because I don't actually know, but whatever spirits are out there that happen to be guiding me around, my ancestors and such, I express gratitude to them on a regular basis. I ask them for help. I've gone the other direction now in a big way into my feminine energy and discovered what that means for me and how that manifests itself in my life. Um, and it's interesting because so, for so much of my adult life, I was using this narrative, the hero's journey as a sort of narrative with my clients. I use it all the time in my marketing work and creative director work and such. And I started reading this book recently called the heroine's journey. That is basically saying that Joseph Campbell's theory of the hero's journey that our entire Western pop culture is obsessed with is completely inaccurate for 50% of the population's experience on earth. Um, and that we need to take into account more, let's say, feminine energy approaches. Um, and it's a, it's a fantastic book. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, it's so interesting that that discovering that book has paralleled with my spiritual journey as well, like coming, coming back towards this, let's say being the heroine of my own life again. Um, yeah. Amazing. I love that so much. What would you say to anyone who may be listening and be like, spirituality is woo woo. Mm -hmm. Um, that's fine. That's totally fine that you think that. I really don't mind. Like my boyfriend thinks that he thinks that my spirituality shit is totally woo woo. And yet he reminds me on a full moon to charge my crystals. Um, it's cute, right. It's like <laughs> he approaches it with a healthy skepticism. Um, and I think, and I, I add the word healthy because it's fine to think it's woo woo. I don't mind. That's your ego mind talking. Your ego mind is there to keep you safe. It's there. It's helping you on your journey. You're on your path. I'm on my path. I know otherwise for myself. Um, and I've proven to my ego mind over and over again that miracles exist and they do happen on a regular basis and you can make them happen. Um, you're literally the alchemist of your own life, as Jen posted today on her Instagram. I loved that. Um, and uh i've 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 that's my journey i've proven it i don't need to prove it to anyone else i don't need to teach anyone else they'll figure it out on their, their own that's definitely something that i affirmed my learning in my coaching course was that you can truly lead a horse to water but you cannot make them drink people must come to their own conclusions by themselves and it is i am 
It is not my business to tell them otherwise. It is simply my business to carry on living my life to the best that I can, according to my values as much as I can, and hopefully lead by example and kind of spread that spirituality or spread that light or that high vibration in an energetic way. And it'll come to them when it comes to them or not. And that's fine. Yes. What a great note to end on. <laughs> Do you have any take home points for the audience? All the points. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this conversation um, a lot. I hope I'm not pontificating too much. I don't know if the word conversation is accurate. I feel like I've done a lot of talking. Um, but takeaways, I'd say that a takeaway, numero uno takeaway, you are enough. You are enough. You are whole, resourceful, and complete just as you are. You are enough. Repeat that to yourself on a daily basis until you believe it and act accordingly. Yes. Love that. Um, by the way, it's totally fine that it's not been too conversational because I'm here to interview people. Like I like to listen to other people's life stories. I don't like when people have podcasts and they talk for like 70% of the time. It's like, come on, like you just started a podcast to hear your own voice. <laughs> I want to listen to you, you know, that's the whole that's point. Super sweet. Okay. So at the end of each episode, I ask three questions about how you best grab life. So number one, what is the most incredible thing you've ever done in your life? Oh my goodness. I love that you asked this question and I was thinking about it earlier and it's impossible for me to pick one. Um, pick a few. I think probably a huge pivotal turning point moment for me was the choice to leave for Poland when I was 18. Um, it was, it completely changed the course of my future. I was set to go to a university, one of the most expensive universities in the United States. And I was signing loan papers for $52,000 a year for a four year college. And I was like, wait a second, I'm an 18 year old idiot who knows nothing about the world. Wait, stop, silly me. And I took a year off and went to Poland and never looked back. Everything changed. That changed everything for me. Amazing. Number two, what is your favorite little everyday thing that makes you feel so grounded and grateful? Hmm, I love that question as well. Um, first is lemon water. Drinking a glass of lemon water in the morning just sets my whole day up right. Um, sets my digestive system upright and it's just this moment of like, I do this every day. This is a routine thing. Other things can fall in and out of my routine, but that's a thing. Um, and I'm the same by the way. Yeah, that's good. It's good for your gut health too. <laughs> I have a couple of pieces of jewelry that keep me grounded and grateful because they kind of remind me of the special people that it gave them to me. Um, and they are also pieces of value that I really cherish. If the entire world financial system goes to shit, at least I have gold, a few pieces of gold. <laughs> and finally, what is the next big thing on your bucket list that you can't wait to do? Buy a property in a hot country, probably Mexico, Mexico city. Yes. Love that. So to finish off, where can the audience find you? Do you have any upcoming projects or anything coming up? If not, that's totally cool. Yeah, I am. The best place to find me is on my website, magdalenajensen.com. Um, I also uh, have an Instagram account, magdalenajensen underscore coach. So you are welcome to check me out in both of those places. I have a LinkedIn too, if you prefer. Um, I'm not hardcore pushy on marketing and sales on my, on my, any of my socials. I like to brand build. Um, so if you want to come observe, hang out and hit me up on a DM on Instagram, that would be fun. I like to talk to people. I'm a curious person. Um, so please do. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Oh my God, so many nuggets of conversation to think about. And I'm curious if any of this triggered something in you. If so, write us a comment, shoot us a DM. We are both super up for compassionate communicating with you. I do think that this is so fundamentally needed in our society. So if you have one take home, I think the importance of compassionate communication would be it. Also, an announcement of coaching. I am rerunning my eight-week group program, Self-Care Isn't Selfish, starting on Wednesday, the 7th of July at 6.30 p.m. GMT. Learn the essentials of self-care without the fluff. Not a face mask in sight, y'all. This program has been designed for perfectionists, people pleasers, or those who just generally lack self-love. Those who are hard on themselves and continuously put others' needs above their own, such as 
saying yes when they really mean no or being afraid to set boundaries and not speak their truth, etc., etc. And yeah, we do this for many reasons because we care so much, but also for the fear of rejection, right? And in these eight weeks, we delve into all the essential forms of self-care, such as sleep quality, stress management, our life purpose, self-love, mindful movement, fun, etc. But most importantly, to get you to implement new self-care habits into your schedule your way and equipping you with the knowledge and the courage to always say yes to you first so that you can literally raise your vibe, invite in more joy and love and fulfill your cup first and give from an overflow not from a lack. You can find out more info by heading to my Instagram page at the colorful coach and the link in my bio. I also offer free discovery calls, which you can also book in the link in my bio so we can chat about all the details. I also have loads of free Instagram lives coming up on my Instagram page, all about lessons of self-love um, and also a free self-care webinar coming up in a few weeks. So make sure that you're following me at the colorful coach so you don't miss out. Right. Enough of that. I hope you have a magical two weeks and next time we'll be talking about all things mental health and lived in experience with Hannah Jane. Enjoy the sun and catch you next time.